This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by Wild Olive, where we host game-changing conversation about literature, culture, and the Bible. I'm Jennifer Bird, a biblical scholar. And I'm Jean Patrol, a literature scholar. If you want to change your Bible reading game, you can try reading the Bible as literature. The way writers such as Emily Dickinson, Octavia Butler, Ursula Le Guin, James Baldwin, or Tony Kushner do. Every other week, we let modern writers give a fresh take on a familiar Bible story. Did you know that Emily Dickinson uses woman-by-the-well imagery to explore lesbian desire? <laughs> That's wild. And doesn't June Jordan use a Gospel of Matthew image to describe the civil rights activist Fannie Lou Hamer? Yes. And Tony Kushner's Angels in America uses apocalypse imagery to describe the fall of the Berlin Wall. That's wild. If you like conversations about the Bible that could go anywhere, tune in to Wild Olive wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Reframing Our Stories, the podcast. This podcast is about provocative conversations with beautiful thinkers about topics that matter and the stories that have helped them reframe their lives. Grab something cozy or put on your walking shoes and let's reframe. Hello, and welcome back to Reframing Our Stories. This is Kara Haug. As you can tell, I have a little bit of a cold. I've been recovering uh, from a little virus. It's taken two weeks. <clears throat> so I apologize if I uh, sound congested. I'm really glad that you have joined me again on this show. In December is the time when I always just take a moment and talk to you all by myself without an interview to just kind of reflect and um, to kind of talk about what's been on my mind and what's been roaming, <laughs> I guess, or kind of the things that I've been working on and what I kind of start to realize or reframe for myself. Advent is one of my favorite times of the year. It's just a time whenever I feel I really, I don't know. I like the time of waiting. I like that anticipation, which is a little strange because sometimes waiting can be frustrating. But I think it's also a time where we, even though it feels busy, for me, it's always a chance of reflection and a chance of hope and to find the moments, the small moments that bring us joy and to relish in them and that's what I think I really love about this time. But I'm also very aware now, too, of the hardship that happens during this time of year. I have a lot of friends who are struggling and just a lot of life that's happening. And there's people who have lost people, and that just brings up a lot of pain and grief during this time. And there's a lot of families that struggle to get along and be together during this time, which is also hard. But this is the time that shows families getting together and looking perfect and that nothing ever seems to be wrong. And so it feels really heavy for some, I know, during this time because everywhere we look on advertisements and pictures, it feels per picture perfect. 
but that's not always the case. And especially what's what's happening in the area in which, you know, we believe Jesus came from, it's it's really hard. It's painful and it's upsetting. And so it's hard to find those moments where we're like, wait, can I really be happy right now with what is happening around us and in this world? And when, you know, my friends are feeling grief and things like that. So there's many layers to this time of year as well. But I recently, you know, reframing our stories, our business, we focus on systems that affect our sexuality and that in those systems are uh, our families, schools, and churches. And recently I gave a talk at a Sunday school, uh, a Sunday school service for adults at a church in Florida. And it was a time where I had people reflect. We did a lot of different writing prompts and then discussions. And one of the things we talked about, the talk was called God in the not so silent night. And I really believe just who Jesus is and how Jesus came into the world was very purposeful. And, you know, to me, it matters that God chose to come to a unwed woman, a teenage woman through the womb. I think that really matters. I think it matters about Jesus's ministry and how Jesus chose to you know, hang out with what the society called the least of these, uh, those who, <clears throat> by society standards, um, are not seen as uh, worthy. And I think Jesus shows us multiple times how just who he has, who he was, uh, broke down systems that we created as a culture that wasn't sustainable or great or fulfilling for many people where it made people not live truly as who they are and uh, cause people great pain. And so I, we talked about the fact that one of the things I know for a fact as a sexual health educator is that, you know, all of us have secrets and I also know that all of us carry great shame. And oftentimes, I think many of us hold secrets and shame is because of this, of what society has told us is not acceptable. And a lot of this was created also by the church. Uh, and some of that stuff, we created our own, our own selves, right? And it's not necessarily from... Um, the teachings of Jesus or the gospel, but it was what people in society deemed to be okay. And I have recognized, and one of the reasons why I've gotten into this work of sex education is because I'm, I'm tired of seeing people um, in pain. And I think there's so many of us who are walking around in pain from shame and in pain from secrets, and in pain from not being able to truly live into who we really are. And I don't think that was the dream, you know? Like, I don't think that was what God had in mind when God 
created humans for us to walk around feeling as though we're not enough. And recently, one of the things that I have been unpacking so much, and some of this whole thing with society comes down from people thinking um, or having that mentality of who am I better than? And I've been looking at during my teaching sessions with youth, and kids, this comes up a lot with this idea of who am I better than? Or, you know, the sense that we compare ourselves, like at least I'm better than this person, or um, my team is better than yours, or we can do better than this. And it's kind of like how we have set up our society. And I keep thinking to myself, why have we done this? <laughs> because we are operating so much out of um, who am I better than, right? Like to me, that's signifying that in order for me to deem myself having any worth, I have to minimize another person's worth. And then it's a perpetual cycle of comparison and disappointment and, um, feeling essentially we feel less than if we have to always say I'm better than right and I keep thinking to myself how is this helpful to any of our relationships or to a society as a whole how is this helpful for us to learn how to love and learn how to understand intimacy and like going back to Jesus, I saw how Jesus always like found ways to show intimacy of sitting with people, of eating with people, of washing people's feet and separating that aspect of better than and being with all people and recognizing their worth. And so during this time of Advent, I keep thinking of like, how, how do I also escape that mentality for myself? As a business owner and someone who's trying to, you know, make this a career of being a sex educator, there's totally times where I enter into that space of who am I better than or how's my podcast doing or um, how come I'm not getting my things out there as fast as other people. And all of that is so not helpful, <laughs> right? It's just not helpful. I've been talking to kids a lot about that. And one of the lessons I just did with a bunch of third graders was talking about appreciating people's differences. So oftentimes we see difference and we fear difference or we see difference and we get frustrated because how do you think that way? And how come you don't think like me? And it puts us into a space where we close off and where we aren't able to listen to one another to learn. And so we did these lessons around, you know, thank goodness we're different. <laughs> one of the things I talked about, I'm like, if everyone thought like me, people, we wouldn't be having electricity. We wouldn't have many things. Right. And one of the things I said to them, I was like, um, you know, I can't do math. And so anything related to math to move us forward and as a society, 
I would like fail at. And I'm like, who in here loves math? And they're like, we love math. And I'm like, I thank you for you. Thank goodness for you. Because I can't do math, but I'm really good at telling stories. And I'm really good at understanding emotion. But give me numbers and I fail. And I'm like, and spelling, I can't spell very well. I'm like, who can spell here? And they're like, I can spell. And I'm like, thank goodness for you. <laughs> right? So we talked about how our differences help build a sustainable and functioning community together. And um, in that a community can be healthy if we celebrate those differences. And so one of the activities we did was I asked them to fill out like what makes them different and what do they like about themselves? And then I had them share. And as they went around to share, um, after each time we said, thank you for being you. And sometimes some of the kids were like, I don't want to share. And I said, that's okay. And we still thank you for being you. You reframed from, um, you said no, and that's great. You exercised uh, what felt good for you. So thank you for being you. And what was really cool is as we did that, the kids, all of them got a little smile on their face. And they're like, well, thank you. <laughs> and they said that to each other. And then they just, you know, were exuberant of saying, thank you for being you to the other people. And I'm like, wouldn't that be nice if we could learn how to say that as a society, as a way of learning how to see how each one of us in our differences, but so many of our similarities, right? Like I recognize we have differences, but there's also so much of us that are just the same. For instance, the fact that we all carry a secret, we all carry shame. We're all wondering, am I okay? We all are wondering, am I good enough? Do I matter? Is everything that I'm doing in this world, is this going to do something? Am I affecting anybody? These are the things that we constantly ask that are the same. Our differences lie in the fact of likes, gifts, you know, what we, I guess, believe in and not believe in. But I feel like if we can see the commonality and then the commonality that is deep and that takes us into uh, the essence of humanity and then look at our differences with a sense of curiosity and joy and feeling inquisitive and to ask questions like, huh, I don't see things that way. Could you explain more? Why you think that way? Like, wouldn't our world be different? And I think about how we can help reframe better than for our kids, because there's no sense of cooperation or cultivating community when all we are doing is operating from who am I better than? Because that puts us at odds in so many of our relationships and that also is brought into, into our committed relationships of how have I been showing up more than you or you're not doing your end of the bargain or I've come this far and you haven't, you know, and sometimes those things do matter um, depending, you know, on the length of the relationship and things like that, but also I think it puts us into this comparing model that 
ends up leaving us without in a way. So these are some of my deep thoughts <laughs> that I've been having lately, and I'm really glad that you took time to listen to them. Now, these are some, these are some of my thoughts. Because really I want, I just want all of us to feel better. I want us all to, to know and look at ourselves and to say, you know what, I matter. I have things to learn. I will keep trying to learn. I will keep trying to grow. But I can offer myself compassion for the things that I didn't know at the time and how I responded or behaved in a way that was, you know, where I was at that time. And I want us to learn how to let go of the shame that we carry with us that's based on a societal expectation that has been constructed, most likely, that has probably been passed on from generation to generation. Shame is what holds us back from growing individually and as a community. And I think the reason why human sexuality is so fascinating to me is because one, it changes all the time, and two, it's really big and it also is so deep. And it really, it, it connects us. And I think the more that we take time to learn about it and to talk about it, and I know I say this all the time, but it's going to be what helps us in the end. And so I get really sad too when people continuously decide to look at things in such a stark binary way instead of looking at the layers. I do feel like so many of us adults are just wounded children walking around. <laughs> and I'm learning this more and more as I'm reading the book, um, What Happened to You? And I love studying the brain. And, you know, if I could do it again, I'd be a neuroscientist. But so much of this is connected. And as we're studying, I mean, we are operating out of the wounds of our childhood, so many of us. And if we start learning that, and if we start showing each other compassion and care and support, I mean, we can, we can make this better. I don't know why I'm coming on here to say all of this today, but I guess this is what was just on my heart and what I hope we can think about during this season, holiday season, whatever you celebrate and whatever you believe in. We are made to connect more and more. I, you know, I know this, this is like the attachment theory and things like that. We are made for connection we're not made to be isolated. We're made to be curious. Like humans in their own right, when we're like little, we're curious. We poke, we push, we dig, we get dirty, we discover. And I hope that we can learn how to do that with one another again. To learn how to discover each other and our differences and what makes us wonderful and our similarities, and how better than doesn't need to be a part of our, 
language <laughs> of our mantra anymore because each one of us hold value. And when I go into classrooms, I say that first and foremost. So I always say to them, so here are guidelines of how we're going to be today because I want all of us to feel nurtured and cared for and everyone in this room matters. And if you haven't heard that today, I want you to know that you matter. So we're going to treat each other like we matter. And then I say to the kids, you know, and I hope you teach me something today because I believe you're really smart and wise and I know I have a lot to learn from you. And I'm telling you, the moment I say those things to the kids, their eyes light up, they get surprised and they look at me and they say, thank you. And I was like, yeah, right? You guys are smart. Teach me something. That's why we're here. We're going to learn together. So I hope we can all learn together in this Advent season. I hope we can feel cared for. If you haven't been told today, you matter. You are allowed to put down your shame. It doesn't define you. I'm sorry that you've been carrying that shame for so long. I'm sorry you've been told that you deserve that shame or shame on you if you've ever been told that. I'm sorry if you've been told that. I believe that the cries of that night when Jesus was born was a cry, a yell out for our shame to no longer exist and for us to learn how to be us and to live freely into who we are where we can grow and learn not how to harm. I mean, we're going to harm our humans, but if we do so to learn from it and to grow from it and to learn how to not do so anymore. And, you know, part of that is being accountable and saying when we're wrong and saying, I'm sorry. So in this Advent season, just, um, or holiday season, whatever you celebrate, I hope you offer yourself compassion and care and learn how to be curious and know that you don't need to carry your shame again and that you matter. I hope that you can find some joy in the quiet moments and that you ask the questions that you need to. Uh, I just want to say that for those who listen, I appreciate you coming back to this show. And I do it for you. So feel free to contact us uh, to sign up for a newsletter. And uh, reach out and tell us what more you want from this podcast. I'd love to know. And you can do that through our website at www.reframingourstories.com. And contact us and you can write us a little note. And we would love to um, hear from you and what you like and what you want more of the show. So thank you. 